Good morning, church. Good morning, church. You sound uh, a bit uh, low, so I will repeat again. Good morning, church. It's a blessed day the Lord has uh, given us. Uh, I want to start by acknowledging our parents, Pastor and Mrs. Reuter in absentia, for giving me this opportunity just to come and uh, share the word of the Lord but also to acknowledge the leaders that are present here. I can see some of you, the elders and the pastors and the deacons, the deaconesses, greetings in Jesus' name. I bring greetings uh, from Kabwe, um, which has been called for a long time the ghost town, but we have changed that to the city of salvation now. And uh, a lot of things are happening in Kabwe. So please don't just transit to the copper belt and back to Rusaka. You can stop by for a cup of water. Yeah, so let us pray even as we go into uh, the word of God. Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you, we bless you. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us even to sit at your feet and listen to your voice. Your voice is your word. Your word is your voice. So our hearts, O oh God, are open to receive that which you have prepared for us this morning, even by the guidance and the leadership of your Holy Spirit. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name, with a heart of thanks. Amen. Okay, I, I want us to, if you look at your bulletin, you'll notice that our theme is uh, referring to times and seasons. I believe we all uh, believe that we live in times and in seasons. And uh, I want to believe that God, by his grace and by his sovereign will, he has given us time as a precious gift. It's just unfortunate that in many places, a lot of people misuse the precious gift called time. And uh, let's see what the Lord has to say to us about uh, this precious gift called uh, time. Before we read the scriptures, I would want to make a few statements and then we can go to the scriptures. The sun and the moon were created to give light to the earth, to separate day from night, and serve as signs to mark seasons, days, and years. Time, by definition, would say, is a temporal interruption in eternity. It is a commodity that God has given to us, and we can neither, it can neither be bought nor sold. Okay? The only thing you and I can do is to use time or not to use it. And if we don't use it, it can either, if we use it or we don't use it, it can either work against us or it can work in our favor. Time and seasons are instruments of measurement, assessment, planning, and perfection. Time is an effective tool in the hands of God in as far as him executing his plans and uh, his will for our lives. In time, everything that has, been, that has begun at some point will come to an end. So that's why it is called times and seasons, because there is no season that lives or goes on permanently. There is no time that goes on, on and on without coming to an end. If it was like that, then poverty, disease, sickness, misfortunes, misunderstandings, and quarrels, and all the evil that goes on will live forever. But because God, in his sovereign will and in his wisdom, has decided to put an end to all these things, 
you know, these issues of lack, poverty, sickness, and disease, they are only for a short time. There's a time they come to an end. And so what do understanding of our times and season do for our lives? Number one statement I want to make is that understanding of time and seasons will bring rest and destroy fear and anxiety about the problems of life. We agree, we agreed this morning that all of us at one point or another will go through some rough times, will go through some difficult times, will go through painful uh, patches in our lives. Understanding our times and season will help us build patience because you know and you are rest assured that everything that has a beginning must come to an end. It will help you to prepare for the next season of your life. It will help you to prepare for the next season of your life. It will help you to take advantage of time and seasons of your life and ride in the momentum that it gives or creates. It will deliver you from a life of panic and a life of stress, which we all don't want to go through. It will make life or to make a success of your life. Of the sons of Issachar, in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, the Bible says about them that these were men, and uh, I don't know, but it says men, it might have included women, who understood the times and they knew what they were supposed to do. We must understand that if we don't know what to do, okay, we also not know what time it is. And we will not go through life, you know, as usual, but we use time profitably, effectively, and uh, to the glory of God. Remember that it is a gift, and the time waits for no one. It is you and I to fit in in the time that God has given. I was driving past somewhere in Kabwe, and uh, for a long time, every day I passed through that place, I found boys standing by that corner. So one day I was prompted to stop, and I asked them to say, what do you do by this corner? Is this a pickup point? Are you always going somewhere? Then they told me to say, no, sir, we are killing time. We use this place to kill time. I said, you cannot kill time. You cannot do anything about time. It's either you are wasting your time or you get nothing out of life. And I rebuked them for wasting their time. You cannot kill time. Time must be used. And as I said earlier, time is, is, is waiting for nobody. Okay? Time keeps going on. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. It's up to us to fit in and use it. If we don't use it, it can work against us. If we use it profitably, it will give us the benefits or the rewards that it brings. From this scripture that we have referred to, and I'll come to the main scripture later on, uh, in the book of First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the implication about the sons of Issachar is that if you don't know what time it is, you won't know what to do. It also implies that if you don't know what time it is, you are also not going to do anything and you'll see nothing wrong because you don't know what time it is. When you know the time and season, then you know what to do. Then you know what to do. If life, if life is, a, is, is measured in, times of time, in, time, in terms of time, then time wasted is life wasted. So to waste time is to waste life. To waste life is to also to waste time. Time without purpose is 
life without meaning. Time without purpose is life without meaning. We must measure uh, our short journey that God has given us. By the way, we are only in this season for such a time as this. We are only around for a certain season. And so we do not have forever time. We do not have forever time that we can have the luxury of time. Like that, those boys I saw in Kabwe would always stand by the street corners and they would say we are killing time. I don't know how, what method they were using to kill time because time can never be killed because it keeps moving. Actually, you kill yourself by not using time profitably. Can you imagine how much time people spend on gossiping? And that is waste, a waste of time. You know, people spend hours and hours on social media trying to get the latest gossip so that they can be the first in breaking news. And that is very unfortunate. God created time and put man in it. By the way, God is timeless. God lives in a zone or in a, in a, in a, in a, in a realm where we can say is timeless. God is not bound by the 24-hour mark or the, the, the 12 months that we have, you know. And I know we are just at the close of the year, about two months or so we'll be closing or saying bye to 2023. So God is not bound by that. God lives beyond, beyond eternity. But why has God given us time or times and seasons? Why has God given us time and season? We need to answer that question. And I want to call your attention to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. It's a familiar scripture that we read. I know in, at funerals this scripture doesn't miss in most places. And I want to believe that this scripture is not just for the funeral service but it can apply in different aspects of our lives. In a very, very poetic uh, way, you know, Solomon brings out these issues. Chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, To everyone, to everything rather, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I'm not sure what version you are using, but I'm using, um, I'm using the New King James Version. To everything there is a season to a to, to everything, there is a, a time for every purpose under heaven. Everything has a season. I said earlier on that we are only here for a season. Everything has a season, and as long as it is called a thing, it has a season, it has a purpose. Solomon says everything has a purpose and a time for, for, for or season in which it must be fulfilled. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by chance. Everything is timed and planned and programmed, programmed according to what God has purposed. Except for those who choose to live outside the will of God. It doesn't make sense. But for us who pursue the things of God, who pursue this godly vision, who pursue the love of God, we know that uh, everything has a purpose, including you and me. So we are not merely existing. We are not merely, merely fulfilling time. Or we are not merely walking or roaming around the, 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 the streets of our, of our world. We are here for a purpose. So everything in existence, including you and me, was born for a purpose. And that purpose has a season attached to it. The Bible says about David that when he had saved God's purpose in his generation, the Bible says he was gathered to his ancestors. He died, or rather he was laid with his ancestors, meaning in the period that God gave him. By the way, the word time is also the word period, 
and it doesn't really necessarily refer to 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. It's a season or a period that God has given us. But about David, the Bible says, when he had fulfilled the purposes of God, when he had finished what God had given him, the assignment that God had given him, he was gathered to his ancestors. We can conclude that time was given for, 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 for fulfilling the purposes that God had given to David. To live without a purpose is to live without direction in life. And I keep referring to those boys because I could see them several times. You could see that these are directionless people. They don't know what they are supposed to be doing and how to use time profitably. We are born to fulfill God's purposes in times, or rather in time, in the time that God has allotted or allocated for us, meaning that we don't have forever time. Time will not for, wait for you or wait for me. It is you and I to fill in, or rather to fall in place and use the time that God has given us. Hallelujah. The church is very quiet. I feel like I'm alone here, but thank God someone is hearing. Amen. Okay. So again, it's, it's not about the duration that a man lives. It's not about uh, how old someone is. Thank God for old age. And I can see some people who are, who are growing old, including myself. Thank God for old age. But it's not about the, the, the duration. It is about the donation to life. It's about what have we done in this life that God has given us. It is about fulfilling the purposes of God. For some, it is 33 years. Okay, like the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. 33 years and he's off the world stage. For some, it's 70 years. For Nelson Mandela, it, he only became president at 76 years, somewhere there, if I'm not mistaken, maybe about 70, 75. Okay? When others are retiring, Nelson Mandela was announced as president of South Africa. Okay? So it's not really about uh, age or about uh, how long or short we have lived, it's about the impact that we have made. Na Mandela rules for four years. One, two, three, four years. That's about a term in South Africa. And it's done. And look at the impact. Look at the impact it has left, you know. Uh, people have wrote books. There is a museum in South Africa and all over the world. There are streets that are named after this man. Just ruling for four years. In our own country, we know that some people were only there for a short time. And there are great things that they can be remembered about. But there are people that will say, no, I'm old now, I'm 70, I'm 90, I'm 80, and there's nothing really to point about. So it's not about the duration, but it's about the donation and the time that God has given us. How have we used it? Have we used it profitably in the times and in the seasons that God has given us? So longevity is, is, is a non-issue before, before the Lord. I want to bring out a few things and then we can... We can close at some point. In time, a failure can become a success. And that's why it is wrong to despise anybody. We live in a world where we despise one another, where we look down on one another, depending on the status or the statuses we carry, the education qualifications, you know, the, the external, what we call external things that we have accomplished, you know, the language that we speak. I walked into some place and I remember I greeted this person in, in vernacular and they, they answered me, responded in English, 
and I said, but why are you responding in, 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 in English? Then this, this young girl tells me and say, well, in this country, English is a measure of intelligence. Okay? So we, we, we judge each other based on those things. And then I said, I tend to disagree with you. Okay? But my point, uh, Church, is that uh, uh, never should you despise someone because in time, they despised, they, they, they despised, those that we have despised can rise again. Hallelujah. They can become something. They can become of value. Okay? That which was rejected can become a chief cornerstone, according to the scriptures. That which was despised and rejected and humiliated and was a man of sorrow and no one would look at him, the son of God. Look at what has happened now. Salvation is given in no other name apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. In time, that which was a failure can become a success. Never despise or look down on anybody. In time, a child can become an adult. I believe uh, those who are in my age group, we have uh, maybe our children are around 15 years, I don't know, 15 years, 11 years in that season. Uh, they are growing. They are growing, and sometimes we look at them and we look at them as if they are going nowhere. But give them time. Give them time. Okay? In Bemba, there is a saying, my own papa, papa. What does that mean? For those who are members, they understand that at some point, the very child that you are carrying on your back will be the one to buy you a house, will be the one to make life better for you. So never despise anyone, because in time, a child can become an adult. In time, the sick can be healed. Hallelujah. That's why there are seasons, and, and there are times and seasons. These things come and go. No one is made to be sick for, for, for the rest of their lives. Okay. So healing can come in any form. They can die by the will of God, but they can also be healed physically. Because sometimes we have prayed against the will of God, even when God has allowed that this person must go. You know, it can be a form of healing. It can be a form of healing. We lost my sister last week, about, uh, yeah, about one week ago. And uh, she battled with cervical cancer for almost one year until the doctors told us to say, this is not going anywhere. Let's just begin to prepare ourselves. And so finally we buried last week, you know. And I was comforting the rest of the family. And I told them to say, it was God's time. May she rest in peace. Healing has come in that form. So in time, God can allow someone to be healed physically, but he can also allow them to pass on because that can also be a source of healing. In time, the oppressed, the afflicted can become delivered and reign in life. We have a young man back in Kawe who gives a testimony of how the Lord lifted him from just washing cars here in Lusaka and met this man who connected him to destiny. This, this young man, was, he says, Pastor, I was despised. No one would look at me in my family. No one listened to me. When funerals happened, we were the ones sent to go and fetch for firewood. And you know the Bible says that a poor man's wisdom is despised. Even if you are very wise and you don't have money, your account is, <laughs> is at zero. No one will look at you. No one will listen to you. you know? And by the grace of God, this man connected, as this young man was washing a car, as he was washing a car there, he met this, uh, this farmer from Mukushi, who said, young man, what do you do? I'm so impressed with the way you have cleaned my car. Here's my card. Call me whenever it is possible. For five months, the young man says, I mis misplaced the card because I didn't know where I'd put it. 
And one day he's washing his clothes and he's searching his pockets. He bumps into his card, in this card, and calls that number. He says, young man, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? Can you come to Mukushi? He says, I don't have money. How do I come? Within a short time, money was sent, credited in his account, and he traveled to Mukushi. When he got to Mukushi, the young man was, told to, was asked one question. What do you want to do with your life? What is it that you want to do with your life? He said, I want, I've dreamt of being an accountant. This man sponsored, to cut the story short, sponsored this young man, and today as we speak, is an accountant in Zambia Revenue Authority, by the grace of God. So, after that, the family now started gathering around this young man. So the poor man, the, 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 the wisdom of a poor person is never appreciated by anyone. Today, this young man is called, when he arrives and there are situations in the family, is the first person that they have called. Because that which was rejected, that which was despised, despised has now become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. So in time, things can change in our lives. Circumstances can change. You know, seasons may come and go. But in time, God can lift that which was rejected. And therefore, we are called to use time profitably. So we continue with the Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. If you read on, I'll read quickly, and then we see how far we can go. It says, a time to be born, verse 2, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. Seasons of life. Okay? Seasons of life. So there's this side of the coin, but there's also this side of the other coin. Before I lose my thought, I want to share shortly a story of, about my father's friend back in the Copper Belt. This man retired, and after he retired, he bought a bus so that it can bring in some money in, the, in, the, in his retirement. And if the unfortunate thing happened that one week later, after buying the bus, it flipped, killing the driver and the, the bus conductor on the spot, and it was rendered uh, a write-off. It could not move again. Well, upon hearing the news, the man had his BP go up and rushed to Rancha Mine Hospital, collapsed, and he died. What, the, what lesson did we learn? My father sat us down to say, this man had put so much trust and hope in things. Okay? But that's the flip side of life. Okay? Sometimes life can be this way. Sometimes life can be on the other side. And therefore, we need to understand the times. This is why I said earlier on that when we understand the times and seasons that we live in, from a person who was up there, who was working and had a good job going, you know, to a person who becomes almost a nothing, when you understand the times, you know, you will not panic because you know that it is just a season, a passing phase that God is allowing us to go through. And uh, yes, God can allow us to go through the fairness of affliction, the fairness of suffering, you know. And he says, I've refined you not with silver, not with silver, but with, uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with afflictions, with fire. And God uses that to chisel out, to remove certain things in our lives so that he can bring us to a place where we are completely complete. He calls himself as the refiner's fire, the, the one who purifies us by fire. 
And God allows circumstances in times and seasons, you know, to purify certain undesirable elements in our lives so that we may be able to stand as a, as a strong, strong people, a people that know their God in trials, in good times and in bad times. You know, we were taught at some point to say, when you come to Christ, all shall be well. But as you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes we are afflicted with so many sorrows, with so many pains, with so many undesirable things that we don't want to go through. But as God has designed life, the Bible says in John chapter 16 and verse 33 that take courage, for in this world you shall have many tribulations, you shall have many hard times, but take courage, for I have overcome the world. One way that we know the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may know him, Paul says that I may know him and, in the, and may know him and the fellowship of his suffering. This is a very difficult subject that a lot of people, a lot of believers don't want to go through. In his book, one author says there are seven seasons in the life of a man. One of the seasons that man will go through is suffering. Okay? It's suffering. doesn't matter. And suffering like death has no boundaries. It has no boundary. It does not choose from where we were born from. It does not choose how, how, how far we are in our education. It does not choose how fat our accounts are. Suffering just breaks through. It penetrates every boundary. But that's one of the seasons that you and I might go through. When you read this poetic uh, uh, chapter in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you notice that uh, Solomon brings a balance to life. So there's a time for this and a time for that. A time to, to smile, but there's also a time when we are sad. A time to be born and there's a time to die. And we all know that it is an appointment that none of us will escape. Death is an appointment that we are not going to escape. It, does, it doesn't matter how long and when it will come, but it will come because it's an appointment that we cannot uh, uh, escape. The life of every man, every human being, when I say man, I'm also referring to man he, man she. Okay? The life of every man and woman is in phases and seasons. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to be young, but there's also a time to to grow up, we, cannot, we can't continue. I remember my parents would say, grow up, we are now growing up, okay? Grow up, not just in terms of uh, my height, but also grow up in your mind, okay? There is a time to be old, and there is a time to be a student. You can't be a student for the rest of your life. There comes a time when you must graduate, and after you graduate, you must go out there and begin to perform, and you show us that which you have been studying. There's a time to graduate. There's a time to start a thing or a project. These are times and seasons. You can't start and be starting forever. You can't be starting all the time. When are you going to end? And just like a journey, there's no journey that never comes to an end. I'm told the longest flight that you can take is uh, somewhere from, is it Asia, all the way to Australia. It takes about maybe 17 or 18 hours in the, in the air. You are constantly going in that big plane. You know. But it arrives. Hallelujah. It comes to a place where it must land. Okay? Imagine I'm preaching here up to 17 hours. You'll be walking out one by one because you'll be tired. So even this service must come to an end at some point. Hallelujah. So there are seasons. We are only here for a short time and grab what you can grab in the time that God has given. And there's a time to finish. There's a time for sorrow and there's a time, uh, there's a time for pain, a time for laughter and celebration. There's a time of lack 
and want and there is a time of plenty and abundance. There is a time of failure and disappointment. There are times that we'll go through disappointment in life. There is a time of success and accomplishment. There is a time of poverty and a time of prosperity. In his wisdom and sovereignty, God sets an appropriate time at the right time. The Bible says the Son of God, Christ, was born. When the fullness of time had come, okay, God sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born of a woman, that through him we may have redemption and freedom in him. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his own timetable. Remember, life runs on God's timetable. So we live on borrowed time. We don't live on our own time. You know, and I keep referring to the beginning and end of life. When it comes to the end of life, it's like a bulb that just switches off. Have you been watching football and your favorite team is playing and suddenly power goes off? The reaction, you see it on Facebook. And people begin to insult. <laughs> you know, people begin to react because their favorite, they can't see their favorite, especially if your team was winning and scoring and then power goes off. It is very frustrating, isn't it? It can be very frustrating. And that's how life is, you know. Life, where it's on for a short time. It's like a flower that blossoms, you know, and it's looking nice, all good and nice. And then suddenly, you go there when the heat of the day comes and it hits and the sun focuses on this, on this flower. You see how this flower begins to falter and it just gives up just like that. And that's how life sometimes uh, can be. The, the scripture says in, in chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes, verse 6, For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a man's misery weighs heavily upon him. There is a proper time and procedure for every matter. So nothing happens by chance that everything we must believe, that everything that God has set on his agenda happens in his time. No matter how hard we pray, no matter how hard we work, Everything that we work for must come at the right time when God has allowed it. Right now, we are out of season. There are no mangoes, but you can see them coming up. No matter how you water and fertilize them, nothing will show. Until the right time comes, then you can be able to eat your mangoes. So when it is time, maybe before I lose my thought on that one, Isaiah 60 verse 22 says, when the time is right, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. When the time is right, or when the season has come, I, the Lord, will make it happen. So it doesn't matter, church, who is opposing you. It doesn't matter who is against you. It doesn't matter what man thinks. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter. In this case, my opinion does not count. And what matters is what God has spoken in his word. When it is your time, you know, no devil from hell will come and, uh, and, uh, and, and hinder you from having your breakthrough. It is your time. Hallelujah. Because it's your time. Therefore, when we see others prospering in the times that we live, the, we, we live with them, and when certain things happen in our lives, you know, uh, they're they, they, they enjoying the good life, of, the good life. let us rejoice with them because it is their time. And your time will come, you know, how do you feel you are working in the same environment and your friend is promoted and they even found you there? You know, humanly speaking, it, it pricks you. You, know, you feel bad about it, but rejoice. You don't need to be filled with jealousy or pain because it is their time. 
when their time comes or your time comes, it will surely show. To everything, the Bible says there is a season. To every purpose, there is a time. Purposes are fulfilled at the appropriate time. The Lord Jesus Christ knew the time destined for his ministry. And at one point he said, this is the hour of darkness. The same, the same night he was arrested and later he was crucified. At some point he said, my time has not come. But when the time had come, he had to go to the cross because it was the time that God had allowed him to go. So in pursuing purpose in our times and seasons, there are certain steps that must be taken and certain things must be done. Until they are done, the expected result will not be seen. For every purpose, there is a time. Hallelujah. For every purpose, there is a time. Time is divided in three parts. There is time yesterday, time today, and time tomorrow. There is time in the past, there is time uh, in the present, but there is also time in the, in the future. What is in the past is in the past. We can't dwell on the past. It's like trying to drink water that has spilled on the floor. You can't drink it. You can only mop it and find another glass. So what is in the past is past. Yesterday cannot be repeated, but can oppress you. Many times people want to hold on to the past and what has happened is the past has oppressed them. The Bible says in Isaiah that forget about the former things for I'm, a, I'm about to do new things. And God is constantly doing new things in our lives. Hallelujah. And we need to know how to break from the past. We need to know how to dis disconnect from that which was glorious yesterday. It was nice. Yes, we had manna yesterday, but God is doing something new in our lives. Okay? Things may not work the way they worked 10 years ago or 5 years ago. Does God change? No, God doesn't change. He's constant. Like the sun is constantly coming from the east and rising and, and setting on the other side. God is constant. And so he doesn't change. You and I can change, but he, is, he remains the same. But he can change the, his operation. He can change in the way in which he carries out his plans and purposes in our lives. The message remains the same. Jesus the same yesterday, Jesus the same today, and Jesus the same tomorrow. So today is the present, and what you make of today determines what comes out of tomorrow. Today will soon become yesterday. This day, you'll be referring to say, ah, the young man from Kawe came, okay, because it has passed, okay, it has passed. The present will soon drift into the past. Therefore, you must redeem the time and make most of every opportunity. Redeem the time and make most of every opportunity. The future, the future is pregnant with what you feed into it. If we do nothing about the future, nothing will come out. If we don't plan, in the words of one man of God, I would quote, he says, to, to, to fail to plan is actually to fail is actually to plan to fail. If you fail to plan, it means you have also failed to, uh, to, 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 to get results out of the life that God has given us. So the decisions of today will determine what comes out tomorrow. What you didn't like yesterday, in case something didn't, didn't work out well and you are so uh, disappointed, you can, make it, you can stop it today. Hallelujah. What did not work yesterday and it does not make sense to you, you can stop it today. Now, the beauty of time is that things change with time and to live in eternity the way we are now 
would have been horrible if we did not use time properly. If we are going to live in eternity, we have to invest the time that God has given us and use it properly. Otherwise, we may end up not having gotten anything out of life. Understanding time and season does not mean that you and I should surrender it to fate and not work hard. There is a notion to say, after all, God is in control, so I don't need to do anything about it. That is a fake gospel. It is not true. There are things we need to do. There is work that has to be done. We have to fold our sleeves and do something about it. Nothing falls you know, on its own or works on its own. Laziness will only breed poverty and diligent hands will bring wealth. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. Understanding of time and season will give us peace. Patience, dis- uh, it will give us peace, encourage patience, discourage, uh, discourage and destroy envy and backbiting. But it does not encourage laziness. It does not mean that we should be lazy, but we should be working. We must continue to work very hard. We must work very hard and and make sure that we fulfill life, uh, the, the goals that God has given us. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. We should not be like the story that is in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to, uh, 30 to verse 31 there. The story is about a, a sluggard, a lazy man. The Bible says, I passed or walked past the field of a lazy man. I want to believe that it must have been a very good field. It must have been a field with, which was probably fertile and ready to give good yields. But the owner of the field was sleeping and folding arms. And the Bible says a little folding of arms and poverty will come upon you like a thief. Now, when people ask me to say, what else do you do? You are, you are just a pastor. What else do you do? Okay? Why can't you also do some work? I said, some, I said to someone to say, actually, I work. Where do you work? I told them I work in the kingdom of God. That's where I work from. Okay? There is a tendency to think that those of us who labor in doctrine, in the word and the doctrine, we just wait for Sunday. We should ask the father of this house, Pastor Roy, and he will tell you that it is actually hard work. To be a pastor, it is hard work. So sometimes I tell people to say, I've gone for work. Even when I've just gone to visit, I've gone to pray for someone, I've gone for work. Because if I just sit, nothing is going to happen. And so I want to encourage us that in understanding times and season, we are not just going to fold our arms and sit by and watch things happen like that. We have to work hard and put in what we can. We should never go to Fantas Island. You know what Fantas Island is? Fantas Island is a place of dreaming and imagination. You know, this young man was imagining that one day he'll be driving a powerful car. And he kept on dreaming, and every time he would sleep and he wakes out, comes out of his dream, he was so frustrated. Because he was thinking about having a nice car. He dreamed of a big house in Fantas Island. It is a place of imaginations, and there's nothing wrong about dreaming. We need to dream, but the dreams will not put food on our tables. Amen, Pastor Tim. Dreaming will not put food on our tables. We can dream, but we should not end at dreaming, because Fantas Island is not for you and I. We need to work hard. The world runs on a timetable. Through, though God prophesied the birth and ministry of Jesus Christ in Galatians chapter 3, when the first couple sinned, remember Adam and Eve, God waited thousands of years before sending them. The devil 
demons know that there is an appointed time for them to be locked up away from the earth and therefore we should not even worry about them because they are on God's timetable and one day all these things will come to an end. They are just there for a season. You and I cannot alter seasons. We are talking about times and seasons. We can't bind seasons. You know, some place they were trying to bind the reins because they were going for a prayer meeting and they began to bind the reins. Father, we bind the reins that they may not come. They may not come. Now that is the praying. Those prayers are inaccurate and I don't know. But I, I think when a season has come, it has come. When a season has come, it has come. Genesis 8 verse 22 says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Amen? They will never cease. Seasons must run their course. Okay? Whether it is a good time that you are going through, it must run its course. Whether it is a bad time that you are going through, it must run its course. You can't bind a season. No man's prayer or enchantments can stop a season from coming to pass. Summer must come when it is time. And we are in summer right now. Okay? I, I, I can't see anyone who's wearing heavy clothing here, warm clothing, because it is hot. If you are putting on something very warm, then we begin to suspect that maybe there's something wrong with you. But I know that we are all, we are all healthy and we are fine. So winter must come. When it is time for winter, it must come. The harvest season must come when it is time for harvest. It is a decree that God has made and programmed. Nothing can change. So when it is your season to rise and shine, no one can stop it. We should just celebrate and say, thank God that he's doing better. Thank God that things are happening in his life because it is their time. Something about time. Time solves all problems. God created time to solve all the problems that will crop up in a man's life. With time, issues can be sorted out. And that's why I say when there are issues that happen amongst ourselves, let's create time. Okay? We sit down and dialogue, you know, understand one another, reconcile. All this can happen when we use time properly. Every problem needs time to be solved. Patience is a necessary asset in reaping the benefits of time. No condition lasts forever. No condition is permanent. That we should never forget. Hallelujah. That we should never forget. Time is in the hands of God. Amen? Time is in the hands of who? God. You and I are living on borrowed time. Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord Almighty has sown. Surely I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. Surely it will be. As I have purposed, so it will stand. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who, who can thwart or stop? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 11 says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known to the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. And I also I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey. From far off, from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that which, 
that which I have said, I will bring it about. What I have planned, that will I do. So in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, verse 11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning or beginning to the end. So the world, the world is God's idea. The world we live in is the idea of God. He created and put us into this world. The plan and the reality, the plan and the reality belongs to God. God created time for his own program. For his own program. His plan for the world he has created has been timed and programmed by him, not by you and me. No one can thwart or stop the purposes and plans of God. We can delay sometimes. Sometimes seasons can delay. Even the rain seasons, we have noticed sometimes that it, is, it delays. But it doesn't still stop the, fact or, 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 or stop the fact that it is in the rain season. Okay? We may go all the way into December, but there's no drop of rain. Of rain. It's still in the rain season. For you and I, you want to see the, 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 the floods and you want to see water all over the place. But as far as God is concerned, it is in the rain season. It may not rain at that particular time, but we have entered the rain season. We have entered winter because that's what God has planned. I'm looking at time and I'm almost done. Let me close as we are ending. Let me talk about some time-wasting activities. Some of the things that we spend so much time on and uh, sometimes we don't even realize that we are wasting time. Number one, procrastination. Procrastination simply refers to deferring, pushing things. We'll do it tomorrow, okay? I've met people in this life who have told me to say, ah, no, you know, I'm planning to cultivate here. You know, by next year or the other year, I should have a very good yield. Time comes and there's nothing that has happened. I know we can have arguments to say maybe they didn't have this and that and that, but procrastination kills the momentum. There are people who waste time procrastinating, pushing things in the future, pushing things in the future, Remember, you do not have the luxury of time. You are living on borrowed time. And who knows, the owner of time is like a man who had an engine in his car. There's, there's, there was an, a fight between uh, the owner of the, the body of the car and uh, the, the owner of the engine. And so the owner of the engine one day demanded to say, can I, have back, can I have my engine back? Okay? And the engine was removed. And that body represents you and me because the owner of, of this life can remove life out of us, you know? So when you have time, use it. Don't procrastinate. Avoid procrastination. If you have the chance and opportunity, the ability, the capacity, do it because you may not have tomorrow. The Bible says do not boast about it tomorrow, for tomorrow may not come. Am I trying to speak in a, trying to discourage you? No, but that is the reality, okay? That is a, a reality. People that have gone to the grave today had plans, hallelujah, People that are, have died today, they had plans of what they would want to do tomorrow. They were probably building a house somewhere. Okay? They were probably trying to put certain things in place and life was cut short. So when you have an opportunity, please do not procrastinate. Number two, time-wasting activity. Hanging out with toxic people. Please avoid. People that bring negative energy, they have no time for them. Not that I hate them, but I don't want this negative energy to rub on me, Brother Bernard. Avoid people that bring negative energy, you know. 
contentions and they bring quarrels and necessary arguments. They want to win an argument. Their opinion counts more than everyone else. Hey, I would rather look a fool and look unwise and by keeping quiet than engaging in, uh, in unnecessary debates because they want to look like they are sharp, they are smarter, they are clever, they have been everywhere. I, I, we are the young man in our church in Kabwe. The young man he knew about everything in life. Then I said, you must be God because you know everything. You could comment on football, you could comment on politics, you would comment on everything. Oh, I know every place in Kabwe he knew. I said, wow, you are in the Bible study, you are trying to bring out something, you counter it and just, you know, you know puncture it. And I said, you must be God. If we have the physical presence of God, then you must be God because you know everything. <laughs> now, you can't have people like that. You can't have people like that. So toxic people, you know, toxic simply refers to uh, behavior that brings negative energy. Okay? It will choke you. You don't want people like that. You want to start a business, they will begin to tell you the negative side of that business. Yeah. So you are, you are, you are, you are deflated. You know, it's like getting a pin and puncturing and pushing it into the balloon. And you know what that means? <laughs> the balloon will just come down like that. You don't want that. We don't want that. This other point about time-wasting activity refers to the young ladies here and the young men. So if you're a young man, you're a young uh, woman, and you're in a relationship, you cannot be in a relationship for six years. So what happens when you're dumped? is that you'll be deflated, you'll be discouraged, you have wasted the time. I've met young girls, young boys, they're telling me, you know, we are waiting for time. You know, the young man is settled, he has everything, but he's not marrying. And I've told them to say, disconnect, you are wasting someone's time. And after six years, this young girl is dumped and she has to start positioning herself for another man. When she had another man who has just walked away from her. Hey, can we... Can, you know, our mothers in this house, you know, our fathers in this house, can we guide these young girls properly? Because they hold on to things. When, even when they are in a toxic relationship, we had a workshop in Cabo where we were talking about how to come out of a toxic relationship. It is a time-wasting activity. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us to waste our time because time is precious. Hallelujah. Time is precious and we should not be hanging around with people that stay in a relationship for five years, ten years. What are you doing for six years? And that's why mistakes are, done, are made. Okay? That's why you started well and you know you just messed it up because you, you have messed it up. You didn't do it properly. Toxic relationships must be avoided. Number, is it four, five? Five. Solving the same problems again and again is a time-wasting activity. In workplaces, time is, is, time is misused. Because we are solving the same problem that we sorted out yesterday. It has come, about, come back. In the house of God, we can't be cancelling someone over the same issue over and over and over. No. There must be growth that has taken place. Hallelujah. We must go to the other side. The reality in this situation is that uh, either you have not learned your lesson or you don't just learn. Because we can't be solving the same problem all the time. You know, we can't be talking about late coming all the time. No. We can't, the pastor can't be standing here all the time talking about and encouraging us to tithe. There must be a time where we break through and we begin to do these things. Hallelujah. So it is a time-wasting activity, you know, to avoid, to, 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 to be solving the same problems again and again. 
The reality is that maybe we are not learning or we don't just want to learn. A few minutes to go. Pushing your views, and I alluded to that earlier on. Excuse me. Pushing your views, trying to change someone's mind when you know they won't change. Move on. You are wasting your time. There are people, once they take a position, they, you will never move them. They, they are not open to other people's views. Theirs and theirs alone will stand. And that's why I'm referring to that young man in Kabul, because he was behaving like God. Okay? He was behaving like he knows everything. So pushing your views and trying to make people change their mind. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, by peradventure, by God's grace, they may see your point. But move on when you have made your point. Don't waste time arguing and push back and forth, passion, back and forth. You waste your time like that. This one affects all of us. The last two and then we are done. Checking your phone every minute, you know, every second. Hey, this issue of phones, Brother Biso has brought problems in our homes. When the phone rings, you run outside to go and answer the phone because you don't want to, your partner to see what, whom we are talking to, you know. Uh, there, there are times that uh, when someone says, can I use your phone, I want to make a quick call. And you delay to give them. You wonder, why is the delay? You know, why is the delay? I, and this issue of password, please, I don't know. I, I don't put, put passwords on my phone. You know, I can leave it here. I've seen people panicking when they left their phones because the wife or the husband was in the house. And so they drove about one, two, three kilometers. They had to drive back to come and get the phone, you know. Sometimes it's a time-wasting. Brothers and sisters, can we be delivered from being slaves to the phones? Hallelujah. They save us. We thank God for the technology of the phone. Thank God for it, but let it not enslave us. Let's not be slaves to these things, and it can waste time sometimes. You go into a meeting. Before the meeting starts, everyone is on their phone, and they are browsing, and they are doing all kinds of things, even in the house of God, you know, Answering your phone when it is not even necessary. You even know the conversation you are going to have with this person. They are just greeting. So how are you? How is home? How is your mother? Oh, what? And they are repeating the same question five times. And you are there, you know, and you stepped out and you look like it was a very important call. No. You know, can we avoid some of these things? Hallelujah. Yeah. Overcome these things and let's remember that time is precious. Brother Samende, please. Uh, as we close, give me Ephesians chapter, chapter 5. should be 16, verse 17, 16, maybe 15 to 17, thereabout. Then we can close with that. Time is precious. And if we, use, we lose time or we waste time, we are actually, I don't know whether it's the English adage which says that time is money. Is that true? That time is money. You go to a lawyer, they tell you that you don't waste my time. I've got other clients to see. Because uh, you can ask Pastor Chongo there, he'll tell you that in law, um, a lawyer will not give you their time for free. They will charge you for it. Hallelujah. They will charge you because they know it is precious. So don't waste their time. In court, they will even tell you to say, don't waste the court see time. Because time is precious. We are on borrowed time and we have to use it effectively. So then, walk circumspectantly, not as fools, but as wise. It's not me. It is the scripture that is saying as fools. So please don't stone me after the church service. And what, what is 16 saying? Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
The days we live in are evil, and if we don't use the time properly, okay, time will squeeze us. We would have gone through life without achieving anything, starting and never ending. Okay? Starting something and never coming to a conclusion. You know, always studying. It's good to study. And I know some people here have been studying, and all of us, it's important that we go to school. But it comes to an end. There is a time where you must come to the end of your, of your studies. Hallelujah. So redeeming the time, as we go to our, to our various homes this morning, I want us to encourage, if there's something that we can take as our take home, is to know how to redeem the time because the days are evil. That we can know how to use our time and uh, use it profitably, use it to the glory of God. That we will not sit, you know, like a young man who just completed grade 12 and is just on the TV and playing with a remote control. He can't even do any gardening. You know, these kids today, they are so spoiled that they are just on the remote and on the phone. All they know is their it's apps. They know all the apps, but the young man cannot even do any gardening. Okay? But may we know how to redeem the time that God has given us. And necessary arguments, things that don't matter, we should cut them off. They don't make sense in our lives. Hallelujah. Are we still friends? Or maybe I've stepped on your toes. I pray we are still brothers and sisters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. I want us to just pray as we close. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We honor you and we give you glory for your faithfulness. We thank you that almighty God, by your grace, by your mercies, in your sovereign will, in your wisdom, O oh God, you have given us time as a precious gift. And so, Lord, help us to use this time that you have given us profitably to save you, to save one another, to the glory and honor of your holy name, that we shall use our time that you have given us in an honorable way, in a way that you are honored, almighty God. Whether it is at home, whether it is in our workplaces, oh God, whether it is judging over other people's issues, oh God, we pray that help us by your grace to use time in a profitable, in a profitable way to the glory and honor of your holy name. Bless your people. Bless almighty God everything that we do as we begin a brand new week, oh God. We ask for your grace and your mercies. The Lord be with you. The Lord fight for you. The Lord make a way for you. The Lord establish you. The Lord make a way for you. The Lord fight every battle of your life in the name of Jesus, son of the living God. May God make it easy for each one of us. May God break through for each one of us where we are not sure. May the Lord guide us. May we be like the sons of Issachar who knew what Israel ought to do, who understood the times and the seasons in which they were able to live. May we know how to interpret, O oh God. Father, that which I have spoken today may not be exhaustive, but I pray that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, will bring more understanding, more light, more revelation because you are the ultimate teacher, mighty Spirit of God. So we ask and pray all this in Jesus' name, who is our Lord and who is our Savior. With thanks in our hearts, amen. amen. Thank you so much for what you do.